نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا وداعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين وقال النبي صلى الله تعالى عليه وسلم ما الفقر أخشى عليكم ولكن أخشى أن تبسط عليكم الدنيا فتنافسوها كما تنافسوها فتهلككم كما أهلكتهم أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Respected علماء إكرام Elders and Friends in Islam السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Allah سبحانه وتعالى has created this human being and Allah understands what is our fitrat in our nature and Allah knows what is the weaknesses the strength of this human being and on the tongue of Nabi Karim صلى الله عليه وسلم Allah سبحانه وتعالى has shown us the different phases of our life and one important aspect of our life nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that every son of adam commits errors and makes mistakes then nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that the best of those who commit mistakes and errors are those who repent now this is a very important hadith of nabi karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam because this is in our nature that sometimes we are strong in the obedience of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sometimes we become weak 
and then we indulge in the disobedience of Allah and we make tawbah and istighfar and we gain strength and we proceed. This is how Allah has created our nature. In fact, in one hadith, Nabi Karim said, that if you don't commit any errors and any mistakes, Allah will create such a nation who will come commit mistakes, make tawbah and istighfar and come the beloved of Allah. So this is the nature of man to commit errors and then make tawbah and istighfar. However, it's very important for us that when we make these errors and mistakes, there are certain steps. And the first step of that error is acknowledgement of our wrong. When a person acknowledges his wrong, then the second step of tawbah sets it. However, if he's in denial and he denies that he committed an error, and when people bring his wrong to his fore, he comes to his immediate defense, and he looks for ways and avenues to try and dispel the wrong, to try and divert the attention, then that person does not get tawfiq for tawbah and istighfar. So you have to acknowledge the wrong. Then you make tawbah and istighfar. And then you make amends to what you have done. That is a complete tawbah. Respected others and friends, what I want to focus on today is this mindset that we have of denial. That whatever is happening around us, we are very quick in labeling that this is the cause of the problem. This is the cause of what have happened. We are very slow in trying to show ourselves to be the problem of it. We take it very long to acknowledge that we are part of the problem. We deny the problem from our sides. If somebody brings something to us, we say, look at, look at this is happening and that is happening and that is happening. Allah says in the Quran Sharif, ma asaba min musibatin fabima kasabat aidikum. That whatever you are doing, or whatever is happening in this world, is because of what you have done. Oh, insan yourself, every individual himself, me, myself, you, yourself, every one of us, collective responsibility. That whatever is happening in the world is because of our actions. If we are going to remain in denial, we will never adjust our lives. We will never acknowledge the wrong we are doing. And then Allah will never give us tawfiq for tawbah. This is one, this is one of the ways that shaitan diverts our mind. That we do not take responsibility and acknowledgement of our wrong. That's why we cannot adjust and make tawbah. Because we are not taking responsibility. If you look at the life of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa in the Sahaba, there are glaring examples where Sahaba, if they committed a mistake, they acknowledged their mistake. And they made necessary amends and adjustments and they became the friends of Allah. An incident I relate to you. It was the 10th year after Hijrat. It was the final battle of the life of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which is commonly known as the Battle of Tabuk. One of the difficult battles that Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam underwent. It was a time when the Sahaba were tested in their physical stamina. They were tested with regards to their financial abilities. Everything was put in front of them. On the battle of Tabuk, Nabi Sallallahu he made the announcement, whatever you have, bring it and come. Whatever any Sahabi has, bring it and come. It was on this occasion, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala brought his entire belongings. Nabi Karim Sallallahu asked him, oh Abu Bakr, what you have left? What have you left for your family? He said, oh Allah, oh the Nabi of Allah, I have left Allah and his Rasul. Whatever was within my capacity, I have brought it for, the, for this battle. Shortly thereafter, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala came. Nabi Sallallahu asked him, oh Umar, what you have left? He said, oh Nabi of Allah, half of my belongings I brought it to you and half of my belongings I left for the house. This was that battle when the Sahaba underwent great difficulties. But there were three Sahaba, there were three Sahaba who did not take part in this battle. And this is the point I want to bring to you that when Nabi Karim returned from this battle, it was a difficult battle in the heat, in the summer heat. And Tabuk is approximately three or four hundred kilometers from Medina Munawwara. So when Nabi Karim returned, then it was the noble habit of Nabi Wasallam. whenever he came from, from a travel, he came into the masjid. And he met those Sahaba who were not able to take part in that travel. So he met the different Sahaba. 
Amongst them were the munafiqun. Amongst them who were the munafiqun, who apparently they portrayed themselves to be Muslims, to be part with Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Wa idha lakul ladina amanu qalu amanna. Wa idha khalu ila shayatinihim qalu inna maakum. That when they are with the Sahaba and Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, they said we bring iman. And when they go with the colleagues and the friends, the other munafiqun, they said, we are with you. We are just showing a front. So whenever the time for battle came, they said that it is very difficult for us to go. Don't go, it's very hot. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replies to the claim in the Quran Sharif. That remind them of Nabi sallallahu alayhi the heat of Jahannam is far greater than the heat of this world. So when Nabi sallallahu alayhi came back, then they came to give their excuses. Then why they didn't take part in the battle? Flimsy excuses. This is the first step. When a person is in denial of his wrong, he doesn't make any progress. He doesn't amend his life. He doesn't get the tawfiq for tawbah. So the sahaba came and he said, Oh, Nabi of Allah, the munafiqeen, I couldn't come for this excuse. I didn't come for this excuse. And Allah talks about it in the Quran. In the beginning of the 11 Jews, Ya'tadhiruna ilaykum idha raja'atum ilayhim. That they come and give you flimsy excuses when you return back to Medina Munawwara. Why they didn't take part in this battle? Nabi Sallallahu was ordered by Allah, don't listen to the excuses, it's only flimsy excuses. There is no truth and there is no reality to these excuses. So Nabi Sallallahu just met them and go, go on. And from the line, in that line who came to meet Nabi Sallallahu there were three sincere Sahaba of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They, so Kaabin Malik radiallahu is one of the long hadiths of Bukhari Sharif. Kaabin Malik says, I was also part of that line. And it came into my mind that let me also talk lies and say that Nabi of Allah had this excuse why I didn't take in the battle. And when I, my turn came and presented to Nabi Kareem Wasallam, I never had the courage to tell Nabi Wasallam the lie. He's the Nabi of Allah. He will be informed through Wahi that I'm speaking lies and the things matters will become more difficult upon me. So Kaab bin Malik, Murara bin Rabi' and Hilal bin Umayyah. These were the three Sahaba who didn't take, who were sincere Sahaba. They couldn't take part in this battle. Or they didn't take part in the battle. So when they came in front of Nabi Sallallahu to make salam, Nabi of Allah asked him, why you didn't come? They said, Ya Rasulullah, we had the opportunity to speak lies, but we believe that you are the Nabi of Allah. Allah will inform you with regards to our matter. The truth of the matter is this, that we were, no, we were in no better financial position at the time of this journey than we were. Allah had blessed us with a lot of wealth at that time. Allah had given us very fast conveyances. So we thought to ourselves that when you will leave and depart from Medina Munawwara, our conveyances are very fast. We will catch up with you on the way. And then we'll continue with the journey with you. One day went, two days went, three days went. And Ya Rasulullah, we were, we were enshrouded in the comforts of our gardens. We were, we were enshrouded in the comforts of our families. And we procrastinated and we procrastinated until Ya Rasulullah, you return back to Medina Munawwara. So they acknowledged there is mistake. They said, Ya Rasulullah, this is the reality. Nabi Sallallahu said, Allah will decide with your matter. Allah will, Allah will decide with regarding to you. And they went and they left. Nabi Sallallahu then instructed the Sahaba. Nabi Sallallahu then instructed the Sahaba. So one is acknowledgement. One is acknowledgement. And after acknowledgement of the wrong, we must be prepared for the consequences. Because every action has a reaction. Every action has a reaction. So Allah has to make our tarbiyat. Even the Anbiya alayhi musalatu wassalam, every action of theirs had a reaction for the lesson for the Ummat. Musa alayhi salatu wassalam was in a congregation of the Banu Israel. And somebody asked him, Man a'lamun nas? Who is the most knowledgeable of people? So he said, Anna. He said, I'm the most knowledgeable. And that is the reality. 
that the Nabi of the time is the most knowledgeable of, the, of that Ummat. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not like the manner in which Musa salatu wasalam replied. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately told him, Musa, watch how you, how you talk. Because there's one slave of mine who's got more knowledge than you. There's one slave of mine who got more knowledge than you. وَفَوْقَ كُلِّ ذِي عِلْمٍ عَلِيمٍ وَفَوْقَ كُلِّ ذِي عِلْمٍ عَلِيمٍ Over every learned person there is another, another learned person. And over that learned person is another learned person until the chain reaches Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Musa alayhi salatu wasalam asked, who is that person? He said, go to a certain person, he's on the, on the river bank. He's on the seashore. And that was Khizar alayhi salatu wasalam. And we know the incident. So every action has a reaction. So Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi told his three Sahaba that the consequences of your action is that the Ummat of Islam will boycott you, nobody will talk to you. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi told the Sahaba, don't talk to them. That's the reaction. Now when they are mukhlis and when they are sincere, that they want to change and they want to come closer to Allah, then we see the sincerity of a person. In that interim, Ka'ab bin Malik says, it was around 30-35 days had passed. We can well imagine what was going through the minds. Entire Medina Munawra was not talking to them. The families were not talking to them. Nabi Wasallam was not talking to them. They could bear, they could bear anybody else not talking to them. But they could not bear that the Nabi of Allah doesn't talk to them. Ka'ab bin Malik says, I used to come and I used to make salam to Nabi Wasallam, And I used to see the Mubarak lips of Nabi Wasallam whether he's replying to my salam. What does a love Sahaba had for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? They could not tolerate that the Nabi of Allah doesn't talk to them. After 40 days had passed, after 40 days had passed, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sends a messenger to Ka'ab bin Malik that now further intensify, that now you must separate from your wife. Now you must separate from your wife. So he asked Ya Rasulullah, must I divorce her or must I just send her to her parents' home? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, don't divorce her, just send her to, your, to her parents' home. In that interim, when he was at the lowest of, he, of this, he gets a letter from one of the kings. He gets a letter from one of the kings that I have been informed that your Nabi has deserted you. I have been informed that your Nabi has deserted you. Your companions have deserted you. Your wife has left you. Why don't you come to our kingdom? We'll give you whatever you want. Kabin Malik says, This was one of the greatest tests that came upon me at that time. That everything was at my disposal. I was at my lowest point. He said, I took that letter and I put it in the fire. I took that letter and I put it into the fire until it burnt. After 50 days, after 50 days, I was sitting on the rooftop of my house and I could hear somebody saying, Abshir Ya Kaab, Abshir Ya Kaab, Draw Kaab bin Malik, there's glad tidings for you. The Nabi of Allah has received revelation that Allah has accepted your tawbah. After 50 days, he took out his upper garment and he gave it as a gift to that person out of happiness. And he came into the masjid. The first thing that he wanted to do is to make salam to the Nabi of Allah. When you see Nabi Sallallahu Nabi Sallallahu give him glad tidings that Allah has revealed verses of Quran regarding you. Allah is talking about them in Quran right till the day of Qiyamah. Staying away from the battle, acknowledging the wrong that they have done, making necessary amends on it. Allah then brings it in the Quran. Remember those three people who stayed away from the battle of Tabuk. That because of the consequence of their action, the earth became very narrowed and straightened upon them, despite its vastness. But they turned to Allah in repentance. Allah has accepted their tawbah. Allah has accepted their tawbah. And then Allah says, as a lesson to the entire ummah, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullah wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. That, oh you who believe, fear Allah and be from amongst the truthful. Who is the truthful? These three sahaba. 
that they acknowledge they're wrong. They were not in a state of denial. They never deny. They never came and lied to Nabi Sallallahu We had this difficulty and had this difficulty. They were truthful to Nabi Sallallahu Number one. Number two, they accepted what was the reaction of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And thirdly, they turned to Allah in earnest tawbah. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentioned them in Quran Sharif. These, this is the lesson that Quran teaches us. This is the lesson the life of Sahaba Ikram teaches us. That each one of us, we have our shortcomings. We have, we have our misdemeanors. We have our wrongs. Number one, let us acknowledge our wrongs. When people bring our wrongs to our fore, let us accept it. Let us acknowledge it. Let us, let us take it to heed and let us make necessary amends and then turn to Allah in Tawbah. When we turn to Allah in Tawbah, then the condition of the Ummah will change. Then our personal conditions will change. If we do not take responsibility, we remain in denial. Our condition will not change. The condition of the people around us will not change. And the condition of the world will not change. It's no use that we are talking about changing the condition of the world. We are speaking about the difficulties and the suffering of the Ummah, which indeed is a sad reality, which indeed is a, a, a very difficult time of the Ummah. We do not deny that. But how many of us use this as a means of introspection? How many of us use these incidents at the time of doing some soul searching within our lives? That whatever is happening is because of me. I need to change first. Me as an individual, me as a family, I'm, I'm the head of the family. How much responsibility am I taking to whatever is happening around the world? Allah, kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'oolun an ra'iyatihi. Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, every one of you is a shepherd of your family. And you will be asked by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala with regards to your flock. Have we asked our children? Have you woke up for Fajr Salah? Have we asked our children? We asked our wives and ourselves. Have I done make tilawat of Quran Sharif today? Have I made zikrullah today? Was I in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala today? How much disobedience of Allah is taking place in our homes? We turn a blind eye to it and we accept that the condition of the world to change. By the qasam of Allah, it will not change. Allah says in the Quran, وَإِن تَصْبِرُوا وَتَتَّقُوا لَا يَدُرُّكُمْ كَيْدُهُمْ شَيْئًا وَإِن تَصْبِرُوا وَتَتَّقُوا وَإِن تَصْبِرُوا وَتَتَّقُوا That in the face of adversity, if you have sabr and you fear Allah, you have sabr and you fear Allah. What is fear Allah? What is sabr? Is turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the face of adversity, a person is involved in the disobedience of Allah. This is the height of ghaflat and this is the height of turning away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why Nabi Kareem mentioned one hadith, there is no greater disobedience of Allah that in the face of adversity, a person is disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know things are going, what's going around, around the world. Despite that, we turn a blind eye and we continue with our disobedience of Allah. There is no greater, uh, uh, there is no greater foolishness than disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these times. It is time that we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is one Sahabi of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Hatim bin Abi Balta'a radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Taking responsibility for our wrongs, acknowledging our wrongs, and making tawbah and istighfar for our wrongs. Hatim bin Abi Balta'a radiallahu anhu was a Sahabi of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who migrated to Medina in the early days. In the early days, when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam migrated from Makkah to Medina, when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was planning to, uh, uh, for the conquest of Makkah, on the eighth year after Hijrat, after the, 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 the truce of Hudaybiyah, and the truce was broken by the non-Muslims, then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam planned on the eighth year to conquer Makkah. So he wrote a letter to the people of Makkah. And it was the habit of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to be secret about his travels. So Hatim bin Abi Balta radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he sent a letter to the people of Makkah that Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam is about to invade Makkah and conquer Makkah. And he sent it with a woman. Nabi sallallahu was informed through Wahi. Nabi sallallahu was informed through Wahi that this letter has been sent by Hatim bin Abi Balta. And it's given to a woman. And it's 
she's at a certain place, Rodate Khawkha. She told Nabi Sallallahu told Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala and two other Sahaba, go and meet this woman at this place and you will find that she has a letter which is hidden in a plaque. Get that letter and bring it back to me in Medina Munawwara. So Hazrat Ali radiallahu goes and they find this woman as Nabi Sallallahu said in Rodate Khawkha and they look for this, this letter but they can't find it. She says, I don't have any letter. So they say, if you do not give us the letter, then we will definitely find it on you because the Nabi of Allah has told it is within you. She removes it from her hair. And in there is written, that means Hatim bin Abi Balta'a, from Hatim bin Abi Balta'a to the people of Makkah. Take note, Nabi Sallallahu is coming to invade Makkah. So when Nabi Sallallahu received the letter, he looked at it and he called him forward. He said, oh Hatim, what's this? Oh Hatim, what's this? Acknowledgement of the wrong. Oh Nabi of Allah, I have written this letter. He took responsibility of it. Nabi of Allah, I wrote it. What's the reason for me writing it, Ya Rasulullah? When we migrated from Makkatul Mukarramah to Medina Munawwara, I left my family in Medina Munawwara. And I feared, I feared that when, we in, when Makkah is invaded, then my family will be displaced. So I wanted to do a favor to the people of Makkah, to inform them of your coming towards Makkah. With the result, they will give some protection and shelter to my family. That's why I done that, Ya Rasulullah. Other than that, there was no intention to cause harm to deen and Islam. Nabi Wasallam said, Sadaqta, you're speaking the truth. You're speaking the truth. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala was there. He said, Ya Rasulullah, Da'ani adribu unuka hadhal munafiq. Allow me to cut off the head of this munafiq. Let me cut it out. What Nabi Wasallam said, oh, Umar, be careful. Oh, Umar, be careful. Hatim bin Abi Balta is a Badri Sahabi. He took part in the Battle of Badr. And what Nabi Kareem said, Inna Allah qad ala ahli Badrin. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looked at the people of Badr, 313 Sahaba who took part in that august battle of Islam, which was the defining moment of Haqq and Batil. Inna Allah qad ittala ala ahli Badrin. Nabi said, Allah looked at the people of Badr and He said, whatever you do after this, you are forgiven. He is from that jamaat who Allah has given their forgiveness. I made him maaf already. I have forgiven him. Such a serious offense, such a serious offense, but he didn't, he didn't come in a state of denial. He accepted it, he acknowledged it. He mentioned to Nabi Sallallahu what was the reason for it. And he came clean. Allah accepted his forgiveness. Respected elders and friends, it is time that we come clean with ourselves with Allah. It is time that we, come, we clean our slate. We come before Allah and the Musalla and say, oh Allah, we have reached the limits now where we have to acknowledge in front of you what we have done wrong. And when we will do that, we will start to see the change in our very lives. In our personal lives, we will see it changing. If we continue in our mindset of denial, by the qasam of Allah, we will not change. Our families will not change. And our progenies will not change till the day of Qiyamah. Let us take responsibility for our wrongs. Whatever is happening around the world is happening because of me. Whatever is happening in this world is because of you. Whatever facade is happening in the world is happening because of the people's actions. Our actions, your action and my action. Let us turn to Allah. Let us take responsibility for this. And how are we going to turn to Allah? Ayyub alayhi salatu wasalam, we very well know what was his situation. Allah blessed him with a, such a beautiful life. Allah blessed him with every comfort of the world. Then Allah put him through a test. Allah put him through a very serious test. And then Ayyub alayhi salatu wasalam, he turned to Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removed the difficulty from him. Yunus alayhi salatu wasalam, he went onto the ship. We know what happened after that. He was swallowed by the fish. He turned to Allah. He acknowledges wrong. Oh Allah, I made a mistake. Oh Allah, I made a mistake. What Allah says in the Quran. 
That Yunus alayhi salatu wasalam in the belly of the fish he read this dua. La ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntu minal zalimeen. Oh Allah there is no deity besides you. Subhanak you are clean and you are pure from all faults and from all blemishes. Inni kuntu minal zalimeen. Oh Allah I have made a mistake. Oh Allah I acknowledge my mistake. I turn to you in forgiveness. Oh Allah you resolve me from this. What Allah says in the Quran. If Yunus never read this dua, he never turned to Allah in, in, in earnest istighfar and tawbah, he would have remained in the belly of the fish till the day of Qiyamah. Allah has given us a solution in the Quran Sharif. Let us turn to Allah. Let us acknowledge our wrongs. Let us turn to Allah. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu This is a very powerful dua. Mentioned in Quran Sharif. What better dua can be that we can read that is mentioned in Quran Sharif? La ilaha whoever holds fast unto istighfar you can only make istighfar if you acknowledge your wrong if you know you acknowledge that i've done something wrong allah will take him out from every difficult situation Allah will relieve him of depression. The primary cause of depression is the disobedience of Allah. The primary cause of depression is the disobedience of Allah. Let a woman leave a person, that depression is not so bad. A person suffers some financial setback, that, that depression is not so bad. But then a person disobey Allah and see what the depression, Allah puts this depression on him. That's why Nabi Karim Sallallahu mentioned in a hadith of Tirmizi, إِذَا أَسَّرَّتْكَ حَسَنَتُكَ وَسَاءَتْكَ سَيِّئَتُكَ فَأَنْتَ مُؤْمِنٍ that when your good deeds make you happy, you had the tawfiq and the ability to perform salah. You came for Juma salah, you came for Fajr salah, and you felt in your heart, shukr to Allah, Allah, you brought me to the masjid. Or you done something wrong, you felt bad in your heart. Oh Allah, I done your disobedience. Nabi Kareem said, give testimony for anta mu'min. You are a mu'min, you are a believer. So this depression that comes, the greatest depression is because of the disobedience of Allah. Let us not disobey Allah. Nabi Sallallahu said, whoever makes istighfar, Allah will relieve him from depression. How many, what percentage of the ummah is suffering in depression? They are sitting in their homes and suffering in depression. Make tawbah and istighfar. Turn to Allah. Allah is waiting for us. Ya bana Adam, law balagat dhunubuka anana sama, thumma istighfartani, ghafartu laka wa la ubali. O son of Adam, if your, sons, your sins have to amount to the distance between the heavens and earth, and then you have to make dua to me in tawbah and istighfar, I will accept your tawbah and istighfar. Wa la ubali, and it's not difficult for me. Let us turn to Allah. Allah is waiting for us. Istaghfiru rabbakum, innahu kana ghaffara. Yursili samaa alaykum midrara. Allah says, turn to me in tawbah and istighfar. In the dead of night, in the last portion of the night, is the best time to talk to Allah. Communicate with Allah. We're communicating with everybody besides Allah. Talk to Allah at the time of the hajjud and see what ecstasy, what joy, and what, uh, uh, what feelings a person will have when he talks to Allah. That's what Hassan Basri rahmatullahi said, that if the kings know, if the kings know the enjoyment that we get on our torn musallas at the time of tahajjud, they will leave their thrones and come and stand on our torn musallas. Turn to Allah at the time of tahajjud. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala announces at the time of tahajjud that, O oh, son of Adam, whatever need you have, whatever need you have, 
turn to me and I'll give it to you. If you want risk, I'll give it to you. If you want good health, I'll give it to you. If you want forgiveness, I'll give it to you. If you want this, I'll give it to you. Allah says, but come to me. When you come to me, then I'll give it to you. Let us turn to Allah in tahajjud. We talk about the, the conditions of the world. What you and I have made amends in our life. What adjustments we have made in our day-to-day -day life. Did we increase our tilawat of Quran Sharif? Did we increase our charity? Did we increase our zikrullah? Did we increase our frequenting to the masjid? Ask ourselves that. If we have done that, make shukr to Allah. If we have not done that, then let us adjust ourselves. Then we have got no haq in talking about the conditions of the world. We have got no right of talking about the conditions of the world. Make the adjustments in our life and see how Allah will change the conditions of the world. We need to change first, then Allah will change the conditions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you must change first. Inna Allah la ma hatta ma Allah will not change the condition of any nation until they themselves change their own conditions. Come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us may Allah bless us with this mindset of positivity let us not be in a state of denial let us not be in a state of denial that we have moved away from Allah let us acknowledge it let us make necessary adjustments and make tawbah and istighfar let us come to the masjid let us increase our tilawat of Quran Sharif bring our children to the masjid bring our children to the masjid many many a times many a times the cry of the parent is I'm calling them for salah but they don't want to come then in what capacity as we have parents got control of our children? What capacity we as parents got over our children? What authority we got over our children? Let us turn back. In the past, when the father told the son, let's go, he never asked where. He just picked up his bag or he just picked up himself and he went. Nowadays you talk to the child, he doesn't even listen because of the device. Because of that game, he doesn't even know you are talking to him. Let us take them away from these things. These are taking, these are taking the, the next generation away from deen and Islam. This is taking them far away from Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa And we are the cause by giving them these gadgets. Let us make tarbiyat of our children. Let us put some discipline in their lives with regards to the use of their mobile phones. With regards to this technology. Otherwise, it'll take them far away from deen. It'll take them far away from Quran. It'll take them far away from the masjid. A time will come when nobody will come to the masjid. Then we will cry, cry tears of blood. Then it'll be very too, it'll be too late for us. It's very common. And we're hearing this in the different, in the different chats that when our Fajr namaz will come like the Juma Salah, when our Fajr Salah will come like the Juma Salah, then the condition in that part of the world will change. Then the condition in Philistine will change. You and I will have to remove that banquet and come for Fajr namaz. Let us come for Salah. Let us leave that warmth, that comfort of ours. We want to talk about changing the condition of the world. But we can't come for Fajr Salah. We can't come for Zuhar Salah. We can't come for Asr Salah. What Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saying, Man sallal jannah. Who performs the two difficult Salahs will definitely go into Jannah. One narration is Fajr and Asr Salah. One narration is Fajr and Asr Salah. Why Asr Salah? Because a person is engrossed in his, in, in his business and it's difficult for him to leave it and come to the masjid. And according to one narration is Isha and Fajr Salah, which is Asqalus Salawat al-Munafiqeen. The most difficult Salah on the Munafiqeen is Fajr and Isha Salah. Let us make our masjid like how it is full today. Every Salah must be like that. Then Allah will change the condition of the world. You and I have a, have a part to play in this. We have to be part of that puzzle that we can change the entire happenings of this world. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it that we make positive changes in our life. In our life and the lives of our wives and children, our families, and our near and dear ones. And then Allah will change the condition of the world. May Allah ease the sufferings of the people that are suffering in that part of the world. May Allah feed those who don't have food. May Allah give water to those who don't have water. May Allah give shifa to those who are sick. May Allah cure those who are wounded. 
and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept the shahadat and martyrdom of those who people who reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa akhiru dawana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen <coughs> الحمد لله العليم الخبير المتقن نظام العالم بلا معين ونصير فسبحان الله الذي حكمته بالغة وعلمه غزير ونعمه واصلة إلى كل صغير وكبير ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له في نقير ولا قتمير ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله الذي هدانا بكتاب منير ودعانا إلى الله بالإنذار والتبشير صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه ما دامت الكواكب تسير أما بعد فقد قال الله جل وعلا في كتابه المجيد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين وقال الله عز وجل ما أصاب من مصيبة فمما كسبت أيديكم ويعفو عن كثير فقد قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الندم توبه وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام ألا كلكم راع وكلكم مسعول عن رعيته أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قول هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصهما فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأسواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله تعالى عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأصدقهم حيان عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه وأقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى عنه وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنها وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا رضوان الله تعالى عليهم وعن كل الصحابة أجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غردا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم خير الناس قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر الإسلام اللهم انصر 
اللهم منصور المسلمين في كل مكان خصوصا في فلسطين وفي غزة ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون اقيموا الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر وإن شاء الله إلا الله إلا الله مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن نفعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصل النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يومئذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة تصلى نارا حامية تسقى من عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من ضريع لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع وجوه يومئذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جانية فيها سور مرفوعة وأكواب موضوعة ونمارق مصفوفة وزرابي مبثوثة أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبل كيف خلقت 
وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت وإلى الأرض كيف سطحت فذكر إنما أنت مذكر لست عليهم بمسيطر إلا من تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم السلام عليك السلام تبارك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم إنا لا ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا ورزقا واسف ورزقا واسعا وشفاء من كل داء اللهم اكفنا بحلالك عن حرامك وأغننا بفضلك عمن سواك ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وصلى الله على النبي الكريم آمين برحمتك يا رحم الرحيم